And so now I want to introduce the one who's going to bring the word to us. Matthew Hodges, I'm grateful that Matthew and his wife Zaneda is here with us. Um, I really met Matt when we got ready to move here and didn't really meet him until we got here. One thing I can say about Matthew as I peer into what he is doing, not just work-related, but also with his family, there is a passion for Jesus and to make him known. And when I asked him if he would preach, I was excited for that because I get an opportunity, we get an opportunity to sit under what God has given him. And I believe he has a word for us. So Matthew, please, brother, come and open the word for us. One day we'll have to wear a mask and it won't be so hard to get ready. I'll tell you what, if you want to take your Bibles or devices and turn to Psalms 46. Psalms 46. Once again, it's a joy to be with you all here this evening. Uh, it's an honor to preach uh, God's word. It's a very much an honor to be able to stand behind the pulpit that Russell stands behind every week and proclaims the word of God and my hope and my prayers. I can do the same for you uh, this evening as we look into God's word. As I already said, my wife is here with me, uh, Zenaida, and Zenaida and I are originally from Maryland. I'm from a place called Prince George's County, Maryland. My wife is from Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, amen. There we go. Amen. Yes, and so uh, we are fans of everything Maryland. Uh, Zanae and I have been married for 21 years. Lord willing, it'll be 22 in July. And uh, the Lord has blessed us with five kids. And so we have three girls and two boys. The oldest is 18, and the youngest is 10. Stair steps everywhere in between. You can uh, do the rest. And so we love them uh, very much. Uh, so. So Psalms 46, Psalms 46, I'm going to read it in the ESV. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariot with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And we're going to spend the bulk of our time this evening in verses 1. I'll reference the other verses, but the bulk of our time will be in verse 1. Let's pray together.
Father, may you answer your prayer from John 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. In Jesus' name, amen. What comes to your mind when you think of how God interacts with his people when they're in trouble? What comes to your mind when you think of how God has interacted with you when you've been in trouble? trouble. Have you ever felt that God has retreated you in trouble? That he has left you? I think I'm safe in saying that at times people who believe the word of God, people who pray, people who sing, people who worship, at times the troubles of life make us feel that God has retreated. God has left us to fend for ourselves. And we're wondering, where's God? Has God turned his back? Has God waved the white flag? Has he moved on to help someone else? Trouble. Well, reconciliation this evening, I'm going to preach for your joy. I want to feed your faith. In the God who never retreats. In the God who is with you in your troubles. My point from our text this evening is this. God never retreats when life has his people beat. God never retreats when life has his people beat. That's my main point from the text. The Holy Spirit will do a lot more than just that one point. But I got two main points, but I want to show from the text here is the reason why God will never retreat when life has you beat is one, because God loves his people. God loves his people. And then second, that God cares for his people or God actively cares for his people. So God never retreats when life has you beat because he loves his people and because he cares for his people. First, God loves his people. And God's people, and they're a specific group of people. We're not talking about the whole world. This psalm is not a general love psalm. This is specific to Israel. It is specific to the people of God. This psalm was composed by the sons of Korah, and they were thinking about the Israelites. When they wrote this psalm, they were not thinking about Reconciliation Church. You were not on their minds. Israel was. But beloved, understand this. They weren't thinking about the United States. They weren't thinking about a church plan at all. But God had you on his mind. You were on the mind of God when this psalm was written, and so it applies to you and I. So this psalm is relevant. And so the sons of Korah, they open this psalm with two words, God is. God is. You see, these two words are relevant no matter the time period. God is. And God is actively at work in 2022. This is not an updated version of God. This is not like a new car, a new model. No, God is. He is relevant. And God revealed himself to his people when they found themselves in trouble. And he responds to you and I in the exact same way. He responds to you and I in Christ. 
As we've already read this morning from Hebrews 13, 8, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is. You know, trouble at times will put different words on your lips than God is. Trouble in life may have you saying things like, God has left me, or God has not answered, or God has not come through. Or maybe you'll say, God is up to other things. Where are you at this evening, beloved? Where are you living? Are you living in the God who is? Are you living in the God who has? Now preach for your joy. This song doesn't open and say to us God could be or God might be or God will be. No, it says God is. One commentary said this, at the outset, attention is drawn to God, not to trouble, but to God. So the sons of Korah, they're shining a spotlight on Yahweh. That's what I want to do this, this evening as I preach. I want to shine a light to your heart and your mind at the greatness of God. Beloved, God has a track record of faithfulness. A track record of faithfulness to the people that he loves. He never retreats when you and I are in trouble. He, he, he is loving us. He is faithful to us. Maybe right now you're struggling because God did not answer the request the way you wanted. And you're struggling because you were hoping that God would move, that God would change, that God would do something, and you've been praying, and others have been praying for you. You're struggling. And your faith in God is, has gone from a truth you believe to talking points you defend to words at this moment you have a hard time believing. God is. You know, trouble can act like a gray cloud that makes it hard to believe and hard to see that God loves us. But, beloved, he has a track record of loving faithfulness. And sometimes our theology is shaped by our current circumstances and not the track record of God's faithfulness. God is. Once again, in this text, he specifically is referring to Israel. Let me remind you of God's track record of loving faithfulness and may it strengthen your faith. You remember, it is God. God is the one that created Israel. God created this people and he protected them from being annihilated off the face of the earth by the surrounding nations. Oh, you remember that. You remember it was God that protected Israel through, through 430 years of bondage in Egypt, 40 years walking in a circle in the desert, 70 years in Babylonian captivity. God loves his people. God protects Israel in spite of her committing every act of sin you can imagine. And then through 400 years of silence from the last book of the Old Testament to Malachi to Matthew, God kept and protected Israel. God has a track record of loving faithfulness. If the truth be told, you and I have been unfaithful like Israel. None of us in this room have been perfect. None of us. But in spite of that, God has a track record of being faithful. Now, your track record, it may not be as bad as Israel's. 
But along this sanctification journey of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, we haven't been faithful. Beloved, God loves you. God is. But God's faithfulness to Israel applies directly to you because he was protecting Israel because through Israel was going to come the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ who lived a perfect life, paid the price for your sins by dying on the cross, rose from the grave on the third day, and seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting to return as the church accomplishes his mission. He did that because God is and God loves you. He has a track record of faithfulness. Trouble. At the end of verse 1, it says trouble. Whether that trouble is minor, whether it's mild or major, it's going to be in this life, beloved. Until Christ returns. So, beloved, it's good to remind yourself of God's faithfulness. Maybe you're saying right now, I don't know where to go in the Bible to remind myself of God's grace and God's faithfulness. Let me first say that you're at a, a good place, you're at a good church, and if you're thinking about a church, may encourage you here for reconciliation. Russell didn't ask me to say this, but it's just true. You want to be at a place that's going to feed your soul with God's word. To remind you of the track record of the faithfulness of God. And so if you don't know where to go, turn to Psalms 103. Turn to Psalms 104. Turn to 1 Peter 1, 3 through 25, or Ephesians chapter 1 through 3, and feed your soul with God's track record of faithfulness. Because trouble's coming. So the psalmist opens up with God is. Beloved, God never retreats when life has us beat because God loves his people. Well, rather than retreat, God protects his people. The text continues and it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. A very present help in trouble. The second reason why God never retreats is because he actively cares for his people. He actively cares for his people. Now, God's love for Israel was not just some words on stone or papyrus paper. God doesn't just talk a good game. He backs it up. He backs up his love. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to the sons of Kor of what God is to the people that he loves. Specifically, what God is to the people he loves in trouble. First, know this. God is in trouble with his people. He's in the trouble with you. When you're in trouble, God is there. Just as Jesus was in the boat with the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. He's in there with you. That's what his word says he is. He said, I don't feel he's there. I get that. But he's there. He says, I'm with you. This trouble, what kind of trouble is it referring to? Well, like I said, it could be minor, mild, or major. But let's look at the text. In verses 2 and 3, it says, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. As I read these verses, I was thinking to myself, wow, when did all this take place? 
When did all this take place? Maybe they're referring where it says the earth gives way, the mountains moved into the sea. Maybe it was during the flood. Maybe it was in Exodus where the law was given. I was looking at some commentary. Some said it could have been literal. Maybe. But I look at the text. I think what we have here is what he's saying, that he's giving us the worst case scenario of trouble that you could probably imagine. The foundations of the earth being destroyed. There's nothing worse than that. It's as if he goes to the extreme, you got to work yourself backwards. Your trouble may be minor, maybe mild, maybe major. It could be the worst case. The psalmist is trying to let Israel and you and I know God will never leave you, no matter the trouble. One writer says, the psalmist dares us to believe in God when the ground falls out from underneath us. For some of you, that's what life's been like through some seasons. The ground fell out from underneath you, you felt. But God has been with you. But then also in verses 6 and 9, there's this talk of trouble, of war. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Israel was always dealing with the surrounding nations. Always dealing with the surrounding nations. They wanted to battle Israel. What is he saying here? God always fought for Israel. He was always in control of the war, whether he wanted Israel to win, whether he wanted them to lose. At no point was he ever out of control. He was sovereign over all things. He's in control. Beloved, God is sovereign over all things that are happening in the world. He is in control. Maybe for some of you, you're thinking, you may have friends or family members who will say, well, if God is in control of all things, why has he not removed trouble? If your God is omniscient, if your God is all-knowing, if he's all-powerful, if he's all-loving, if he's all-good, as you say he is, then your God should remove trouble. And that's true. That is absolutely true. Beloved, may you be encouraged that God is all good, that God is all powerful, that he is all knowing, he is all loving. But when the question is asked if he's as good as you say he should, he should remove trouble. See, that's a great question. We don't have time to unpack that fully, but just know this. The issue is timing. The timing. Everything you said about God is true. It's timing. You see, God will remove trouble. He just won't remove it at your time. It's all about timing. All throughout the story of Scripture, God says in Isaiah 65, 17, he says in Revelation 21, I'm going to make the new heavens and new earth. So there is a point when God will do exactly what those who question you will say about trouble. He's going to do it. Just not at your time. 
He's creating a place where there will be no more trouble. Beloved, that's a softball for the gospel. Do you want to go there? That place that you're hoping for, he's going to do it. Do you want to go? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. But not only is God sovereign, but God also provides us with a what I want to call a salvation benefit package. We have three benefits here. The benefits are refuge, strength, and help. Refuge, strength, and help. Now, I'm going to give you just an overview of the benefit package, okay? So be encouraged. All these benefits you have came to you when you trusted in Jesus Christ. And all of them are in the Word of God. Let me say this about the salvation benefit package, all right? There's no copay. There's no deductible. You don't have to pull anything out of your wallet. Everything's been paid in full by Jesus Christ. When you trusted in Jesus Christ, you received a lifetime supply of refuge, strength, and help. You don't have to call to see if you're covered. You don't have to call or go online to schedule an appointment. You don't have to go to a special. No, your benefits are with you everywhere you go. The details of our benefits are in Scripture. They're in the stories. They're in the wisdom literature. They're in the Pentateuch, the Gospels, the Epistles, the Prophets. I preach for your joy to feed your faith. It is vital that you feed your soul with Scripture. So that you know what God has done, what God is doing through Jesus Christ, and what God will do in the world. It is vital that you do that. Beloved, may you feed your soul on God's word. That's where you learn the benefits. And also in community. But feed yourself on the word of God. I'm pretty sure all of you here are going to eat at some point after service, and you're going to eat this week. Probably not even thinking about it. You're probably thinking about what am I going to cook, but you're going to eat. None of you are going to say, I'm going to eat on Sunday, and then I'm going to wait till next Sunday, and then I'm going to eat again. But sometimes that's how we take God's word. We only feed on Sunday, and then we wait till next Sunday. Beloved, feed on God's word every single day. Your soul needs it. I preach for your joy. You think about the benefit package. Unfortunately, when trouble hits, we don't know what our benefits are. And that happens sometimes if we have life, dental, medical, home, or car, trouble happens. And we don't know what's our benefits because we just skimmed over it. We didn't read them. I've done that. We just skimmed over them. That can happen. Well, let's talk about the benefits. The first one is refuge. Refuge. This is a place of protection from danger. You remember, Israel had a hard time obeying God. They, they always were looking to the other nations. They were looking over the fence. You remember, they wanted a king. 
like the surrounding nations, so they got saw. They wanted to worship like the surrounding nations, so they had carved images of wood, gold, and silver. What were they saying? We want to find our refuge in things outside of God. God was their refuge. Isaiah 31 says this, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. And rely on horses who trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But do not look to the Holy One of Israel or consult the Lord. Beloved, God wants you and I to look to him for our refuge. Truth be told, for some of us, we look over the fence. You go down to Egypt for help. You don't look to the Holy One of Israel. Sometimes you don't consult the word of God. Maybe you don't pray all the time. You don't ask mature believers in Christ. You don't seek the the wisdom of the elders. Reconciliation, where do you go for refuge? Do you look to people, places, organizations, websites, podcasts, articles, apps for refuge? Something wrong with learning from those things, beloved. But may those things that you turn to point you to that which will conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. Maybe for some of you, you're looking over the fence for refuge in a political party or in the Supreme Court or in your own understanding. Look to Christ. Where do you turn for refuge, beloved? The benefit package also has strength both emotional and physical. It says God is, that's in the present tense, our strength. So he says our strength. This is both collective and corporately. God is the strength of Israel. I mean individually and corporately. He is the strength of Reconciliation Church as a whole. God is your strength. God is your refuge. God is the cell phone that never needs to be charged. He always operates on 100%. God never needs to be updated. He never needs to be charged. He never hears your prayer at 30%. God always hears you at 100%. God's strength never depletes no matter how long you talk to him. He never gets tired of you. He never thinks, will you get over this and move on? God is your strength. But unlike God, beloved, we lose strength. Like the Israelites, we are sinful beings who live in a sinful world. And in this life, we have seasons of joy, excitement, hope, laughter. But we also have seasons of pain and trial, and trouble, and it drains our strength. Visits to the doctor drain our strength. Bills, injustice, work, conflict on the job and in marriage, death, politics, loneliness, a pandemic, unmet expectations, being a teen, parenting, ministry, dating, looking for a new job. They drain us. Our strength can easily deplete, beloved, And I don't know about you, but when my strength depletes, my flesh seems to charge up quickly. Beloved, where do you turn to be recharged? 
Maybe you binge watch TV shows. Maybe you eat ice cream, drink tea or coffee. Sports, you draw, you walk, you exercise, you read or you paint, you text a friend or you talk on the phone. Where do you turn? You detail your car, you work in your yard, you grill. Where do you turn? Listen, nothing's wrong with all those things. I think I do all of those things. There, I think I do, yeah. I do all those things. The question we want to ask ourselves, am I going to those things more than to God for strength? Are you going to those things more than God for strength? Isaiah 40, verse 29 says, He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. The last benefit is help. The psalmist says that God is a help in trouble. God is a very present help in a specific situation here. It is trouble. Notice he doesn't say you can feel that God is with you in trouble. So don't search for feelings of God when you're in trouble. I'm not denying feelings, but search for the truth that God is there. Our feelings are not the litmus test for the character of God. So, beloved, the benefit package we receive by trusting in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins is God is our refuge, God is our strength, and God is our help. Beloved, God never retreats when life has his people beat because he actively cares for his people. As I bring this to a close, I have two applications here. Straight from the text, the first one is where it says in verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. Now remember, the context of this verse is God, Israel, and trouble. God, Israel, and trouble. And so, I know some will use this for, this is my quiet time verse. But that's not what he's getting at at this moment. He's not talking about a quiet time. Because the context isn't about a quiet time. What he's saying at this moment is be still and know something. Well, know what? It's the rest of the verse. God will be exalted in the nations and on the earth. What are you saying, sons of Korah? This is what I'm saying. No matter the trouble in this life, guess what will be fulfilled? The exaltation of Jesus Christ. Christ will be exalted. It's interesting because even God can say, Israel, I'm going to work through you, but I don't have to use you. I will be exalted whether you're here or whether you're not. I'm God. You may lose every battle, Israel, but guess what? I will still be exalted. The nations, the surrounding nations, they're going to praise me. They're going to honor me. They're going to sing praises to me. Listen. Listen, Reconciliation Church, as you move forward in mission, may you remember, you'll go out, you'll share the gospel. Some people will say yes. Some people will say no. Some people don't want to talk to you anymore. But may you be encouraged. Christ will be exalted in the nations. Also, beloved, may you be encouraged that God being with us in trouble, that does not mean that he will deliver us out of all our troubles. I wish that's what the text would say. It doesn't say God will answer every one of your prayer requests just like you want him to. 
It just says God will be with you in trouble. But beloved, there is something greater than the troubles of this life. It's eternal trouble. Eternal trouble. Beloved, I want to remind those of you who are in Christ, and maybe you're not in Christ. There is something greater than the troubles of this life. It is eternal trouble. What's eternal trouble? Eternal trouble is living this life and dying and standing before the holy God and experiences his wrath because of your sin. And you'll be thrown into heaven, it says in Revelations 21. He'll throw you into heaven to experience his wrath. But he says, God has provided a deliverer from eternal trouble. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. And so if you're here this evening and you've never trusted in Jesus, you may not understand everything. Understand this. The God of the Bible says that you are a sinner. It's an internal problem. Externally, it cannot be fixed. Coming here today doesn't fix your problem. Trusting in Jesus Christ does. You can believe in him and you'll be saved. And so may you be encouraged, Reconciliation Church, as a body, that by the grace of God, we'll experience troubles in this life, but by God's grace, you will not, in Christ, experience eternal trouble. You've been saved. You've been delivered. And so, beloved, may you be encouraged that God never retreats when life has you be. Let's pray. Father, you're good. Holy Spirit, take this word, bring fruit. Lord, I thank you that you'll still be at work, even after the preaching of the word of God. For this I pray in Jesus' name, amen.